Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Happy Without Medicine. It's me, Dr. Yuande, your host. And today I am going to be speaking to that woman who struggles with perfectionism. And when I say perfectionism, I'm not talking about your attention to detail, your commitment to excellence, your reputation for putting out A++ work. I'm not talking about the product. I'm talking about the process and the internal conflict, dialogue, stress, turmoil that occurs behind the scenes that nobody sees that's causing so much distress as you put out that A++ work. And so this episode is for you if you are a woman who struggles with perfectionism to the point that it's causing you stress, distress, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed. And you'll know this is you because you often get the feedback that, wow, this is so good. This is so great. This is so excellent. You put out such amazing work. You're so confident. You're so you're always so well put together. You know, if you're someone who gives presentations, while wow, your presentations are always so good and well put together, you always look so confident. And at the back of your mind, you're wondering, oh my goodness, if only these people could actually see how long it took me to, first of all, perhaps get started on this. Maybe your perfectionism causes you to procrastinate. And so you're scrambling, putting things together at the last minute pulling all-nighters, feeling stressed, anxious, down to the wire, but still managing to put out excellent work. Or maybe you have, you did start at a decent time, but you spent all this while criticizing, nitpicking, beating yourself up for mistakes and having what some will call pre-traumatic stress where even before you've done the presentation or the submission, you've already traumatized yourself over oh, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? How is this going to get done? And, you know, you've gone through that and you've tormented yourself for the past two months ever since you were given the assignment or the project. And so, yes, you are committed to excellence, but the process, the behind the scenes can be quite traumatic and overwhelming. And I want to give you some suggestions that I hope will be helpful because they have been helpful for the women in my practice. The women I see in my practice, honestly, I know I talk about them all the time, but these women are amazing. They blow my mind. They are women who are leaders in their industry. They are givers and achievers. They are women who are committed to a cause. They are passionate about a cause. And 
are just, you know, just so well-spoken and articulate. And, you know, one of the patients in my practice is in her 60s and she's gone back to school because of work that she is able to say, yes, this is what I, all my life, the kind of work I've been looking for and I'm finally here. And so these are the kind of women I deal with. But on the outside, they look very confident, but I have the privilege of seeing how their minds work. And I know that many of them struggle with this perfectionism issue. So I'm sharing what has worked with them over the course of our time together, hoping that it'll also help you too. The first thing is this concept of all or nothing. All or nothing. It is what we call a cognitive distortion, also known as a cognitive delusion. I like to call it a form of faulty thinking where your mind automatically defaults to if things aren't 100% perfect, then it's a failure. So it's either 100% perfect, spot on, all I's crossed, all all I's dotted, all T's crossed, or it's a failure. So it's either 100% or an F, right? Which we know logically is not true, but we forget that there is that area in between 100% and a failure. There's such a huge spectrum in between that where the work is acceptable, but you haven't killed yourself in the process of getting to getting it to the point that it's perfect and so one of the things I I have shared with my patients and she one of my patients and she came up with this phrase for herself which is be the best be you can be and what that means is instead of striving for a plus plus work all the time every single time on every single project every single thing and every single thing that you do which is virtually impossible be the best B you can be. Like be a B plus student deliverer because aiming for that 100%, 110%, sometimes even 120% all the time is not sustainable. And the truth is that you are not capable of producing shabby work. I know you. I know that you are not capable of producing shabby work because how many times have you been in a meeting or in a presentation where someone gets in front of the group and puts up the presentation with all sorts of different typos and all sorts of different, um, like the alignment is off and the fonts are inconsistent and all the things that you would have paid attention to and spent time working on, yet they are delivering with full confidence and getting the work done. You are not capable of delivering shabby work. So even your B plus work is going to blow everybody else out of the water because of the kind of person that you are already wired to be. So I just want to assure you that it's okay to to deliver B plus work. It's okay. It's totally acceptable because that B plus work is still far above average. So I know that this is not what you want to hear, but lower your expectations. It's okay. I know you. Lowering your expectations is not going to cause you to deliver shabby work. I promise you. Don't worry about it. You can relax. 
Many of you are so concerned about being soft on yourself, so to speak, because you worry, well, if I'm not hard on myself, then I'm not going to deliver as excellently as I'm known to deliver. But I promise you, you can go easy on yourself. You are not capable of delivering shabby work, okay? The next thing that I wanted to offer that has also been useful is, in fact, in my journal for this month, the quote of the month is, it's okay to not know all the answers. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. It's okay to not know all the answers. I know that you've been conditioned to have all the answers and come across as if you know what you're talking about and come across as if you have all the answers and you know and you have it all together. But the truth is, I promise you that saying, I don't know confidently, I don't know, but give me a day or two and I'll come back to you with the answers. That demonstrates far more confidence and self-assurance than trying to come up with the answer or fumbling or looking like a deer in headlights when someone asks you a question that you don't know or showing up to a meeting already traumatized because you're so worried that somebody's going to ask you something that you don't know the answer to. When I was in medical school, I got so good at saying, I don't know, but I'll get back to you with the answers at the end of the day because our attendings, our our supervisors were were very were known, especially at the school that I went to, the University of Toronto, were known for asking us questions on the spot, esoteric questions that we were expected to know the answer to. And many will try to kind of make up answers on the spot, but I I noticed that that really irritated our attendings and our attendings respected people more when they were able to say, um, Dr. So-so-and-so, I don't know the answer to this question, but I will get back to you at the end of day today with the answer, right? And so they respected that more. And once I noticed that, I started to learn how to say, I don't know, but with confidence, all right? It's okay to not know all the answers. And as a leader, I want to offer that it's actually a bit of waste of your time to want to know all the answers because that's why you have a team. That's why you have a team. That's why you have a strong team and you should surround yourself with people who are are actually smarter than you, right? Leaders, strong leaders should surround themselves with people who are actually smarter than they are, right? So wanting to have all the answers, first of all, even if you're not in a leadership position yet, it's a very significant, very strong, solid sign of confidence when and self-assurance when you're okay with not knowing all the answers. I want to challenge you to try it. In your next meeting, in your next session, your next conversation, if something comes up and you don't know the answers, try to say, oh, okay, good question. I don't know the answers to that, but I'll get back to you. And I want you to notice when your inner critic shows up and starts to go off on you saying, well, Jane, you should know the answer by now. If Abigail knows, you should know. If uh, Why don't you know the answers by now? Um, look at you after all your training. Should you even be in this profession if you don't know the answer to all these questions? Trust me, your inner critic is going to go off 
if it doesn't, that's great. But for many of the women I work with, they have that inner critic that really goes off on them when they don't know the answers. Talk back at it and say, it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know. In fact, the strongest leaders surround themselves with people who are smarter than them. And so you can keep quiet now. It's okay to not know the answers. Instead of letting the inner critic control your inner dialogue, it's time to start learning how to advocate for yourself, telling it things like, it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know the answers, right? So I've talked about getting rid of all or nothing thinking and being the best be that you can be. I've talked about being confident in and being okay with not knowing all the answers. And I've also talked a little bit about identifying the fact that many of us have an inner critic that can be quite harsh and can be quite aggressive in getting us to appear a certain way and look a certain way and come across a certain way, um, but in a way that is very harmful and can be quite destructive internally. Um, So learning how to address that inner critic and talk back at it um, so that you can regain your confidence and your self-assurance. And so I just wanted to share some of these tips here for you who you struggle with perfectionism. Remember that done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. And even if you get it done and there is a mistake or there is an error, um, you can always do it again. You can always correct that. You can always do it again. One of my brilliant patients that I work with was telling me about a form that she had been struggling to fill and she went to try and submit the form and the person that she was submitting it to said, well, even if you make a mistake, we'll just send it back. It is what it is and you'll fix it. And she was like, oh, okay, that's true. Even if I make a mistake, I can correct it after. Right, So allowing yourself that leeway, that flexibility, that grace, 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 in knowing that mistakes will happen, even if you put in all those hours and getting the work perfect, you will still make a mistake. But being able to identify it, move on, and then correct it for next time is such a strong superpower to have, especially if you struggle with perfectionism. There's a law of diminishing returns that says that after a while, the investment in time and effort that you put into something is actually going to end up giving you less and less and less return over time. So is it worth it spending an extra one to two hours perfecting your slide deck or perfecting the form or perfecting all of that if it's only going to increase your score by 1%, right? Is it really worth it? Can you settle for a 95 instead of a 98? Or are you going to spend the additional two, three hours working on it so that you can get to 98 or even 100? It's, It's usually not worth it at that time. So I just wanted to share these principles with you and hope that they help when it comes to your struggle with perfectionism. Done is better than perfect. Be the best be that you can be. You're not capable of shabby work. It's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to not know anything, everything. And in fact, the strongest leaders do surround themselves with smarter people than they are and are very good at delegating and asking for help. That's another thing, asking for help. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it helpful. 
If you did, be sure to send it with a friend. And until next time, remember that I'm here always fiercely advocating for your success and your happiness. Bye.